Welcome back, WIT listeners. We round up the Leadership Awards Month Spotlights with Becky Schneider. Becky is a geospatial analyst and consultant passionate about the applications of GIS in community improvement and business development, as well as the leadership and community engagement opportunities that GIS creates. She was the winner of WIT's Leadership Awards in the Rising Star category. As a young professional, she enjoys connecting with other women in STEM fields to promote an inclusive technological community that supports the growth and leadership of women at every stage in their career. Thank you so much, Becky, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I'm so excited to be a part of this podcast and kind of share my journey along with the other winners of this past year's awards. Awesome. Well, we are very excited to have you. So let's go ahead and get started with the questions. Tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from. Tell our listeners, you know, your current work position. So I grew up in Leesburg, Virginia, and then moved to Fairfax right after college. So I'm local to the metro area and never made it very far from home. I attended James Madison University, go Dukes. Um, where I was a geographic science major. I currently work at Dewberry, which is a primarily architectural engineering firm in their geospatial and technology solutions department as a task lead for LIDAR and remote sensing contracts. And then just a little fun tidbit about me besides GIS and geography, my other big love is music. So I'm a member of the Washington Chorus here in DC, and I'm also a new puppy mom and loving every minute. Wow. Well, first of all, circle back real quick, because I too am a fellow Duke alumni. Go Dukes. Maybe we'll run into each other at homecoming this year. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. Well, um, how did you get started in the field of technology? What does your career journey look like? Yeah, definitely. So it's a relatively new journey still, just because I'm only four years out of college. But growing up, I always loved math and science, especially chemistry. I was a big chemistry nerd. But I was getting to the end of high school, and I really had no idea what I wanted to study in college. I was really torn between STEM and music and some other things. But during my senior year of high school, I went to Loudoun County Public Schools. I took an introductory GIS class with Mike Wagner. Shout out to Mr. Wagner. You obviously changed the whole trajectory of my life. And I ended up coming in first place in the county's senior GIS presentations for my research project on using GIS to study nuclear threats in Southeast Asia. And I realized, you know, kind of at the end of the year, how much more effort into this class I was putting than all my other classes because I was just enjoying it so much. Um, And then when I got into Madison, I actually came in, declared as geographic science and stayed with it the whole four years, which I know is really rare. I know a lot of people change a bunch of times, which is totally okay. I just was on the other end of the spectrum and stayed with the same thing. I interned with Dewberry, my current company, during those four years at Madison and then received a job offer actually right upon graduation, which I know is every senior's dream. Dewberry's department is primarily focused on LiDAR and remote sensing, which I actually didn't know a lot about upon starting, but through a lot of hard work and volunteering for a lot of different opportunities, I'm now actually one of the senior geospatial analysts and task managers for several different LiDAR and remote sensing projects that were contracted for by USGS and NOAA. So that's kind of just a basic idea of my journey, Ray, and where I am right now. 
Wow. Well, shout out to that teacher who really got you there. That's yes. so fantastic. Oh, it all and, to him. <laughs> yes. And now you won the Women in Technology Leadership Award for Rising Star. What do you say would drives your ambition, your motivation, and inspires you to continue to grow? I think I'm stealing this answer from one of Matthew McConaughey's Oscar acceptance speeches, but (laughs) I think my greatest motivation and inspiration is myself in five years, and then five years from that, and five years from that. I, I always want my future self to be able to look back on the present version of herself and be proud of that woman and how hard she was working, the challenges she's overcoming and who she was as a person. I know we all change so much over time as we grow and we learn and we mature. So I know I won't always be the same woman I am now, but I want the next versions of myself in five years to always be able to look back and be proud of how far she's come. So in a nutshell, setting my future self up for the best possible career in life is my biggest motivation. That is so wonderful. And I think we all should listen to you, Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) You know, I I think all of us always want to be the best versions of ourselves. However, when you look back and you say that, you know, you're proud of who you were five years ago, that's something that I think we miss because we're trying to reach that potential that we forget how far we've come. So I think that's so wonderful the way that you said that. Now, similarly, what words of wisdom do you have for those early in their careers wanting to rise in their position, kind of climb that ladder per se? Yeah, I think this is a great question. And I'm going to kind of take a page from the answer I just gave for this, because it was kind of difficult to think about an answer to this question, because I've only been in the professional world for about four years now, but I would have given a different answer to this question every year so far. Mm -hmm. So from some past years, some advice I would have given would be to say yes to everything, go out of your comfort zone, create a supportive professional network, just things that were really relevant to me at that point. And those are all still true, but I I think the one piece of wisdom that I want to share for women who are new in their careers that want to rise this year is going to be to fill your cup. You can't give 100% if you don't have 100% to give. So really evaluate the things that rejuvenate you and fill your life with them. Fill your cup both professionally and personally. Professionally, take courses in new technologies and tools that interest you. Attend seminars and workshops. Connect and network with excited and passionate people to keep you creative. But also on the outside, personally, find hobbies that fill you up and don't neglect your personal life and growth while still meeting your professional goals. Everybody's balance that fills their cup is going to be different. So while you're young, work out the balance for you that meets all of your professional and personal needs. That was so eloquently said. (laughs) And Thank that you. is so true. You know, um, it, they always say it, you know, in the airplanes, make sure you put your mask on first before you put it on children or, you know, you got to give yourself that self-care so that you can give the best version of yourself to others. Absolutely. Focus on yourself and your own growth first. Mm-hmm. Now, was there one lesson that you learned from a mentor and how do you apply it every day as a woman in this field? Yeah, so this is flowing really well. We were talking about (laughs) filling your cup and focusing on yourself first. 
there is one thought that a close mentor of mine mentioned right along this alley as I was starting in the field that has stuck with me through everything. And that is that you're the only one looking out for your own career 100% of the time. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't have others supporting you and vouching for you and helping you out along the way, because there will be people in your corner that you'll find that you need support from. But at the end of the day, you are the only one ultimately responsible for carving out your own path and going after what you want. This doesn't mean you need to step on toes or that everybody is out to get you because they're not. You just need to be confident in your own abilities and don't sell yourself short. Look out for yourself 100% of the time because you're the only person that's in your corner all of the time. So true. So true. And it does relate to the other questions that were asked. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfectly flowing. <laughs> right, right. Now, how about advice for girls and young ladies to really enter the STEM field, particularly technology? I'm glad that you had that instructor, that teacher from the very beginning to really inspire you. But what about those who may not have that teacher, don't really have that exposure, but they want to enter that field and maybe are a little bit hesitant. What advice do you have for them? This is going to sound really cheesy. And I know if there are any younger women or girls listening that are interested in being in a STEM field, I guarantee you will have heard this before. So don't roll your eyes, take it to heart. <laughs> the best advice I have is to be yourself. I think so many of us have wasted so much time trying to fit a mold of what we think someone in STEM should look like or act like or think like. And it takes us way too long to realize that your differences are actually your strength. We don't need more older white men calling the shots like we have for hundreds of years. We really need a more robust and dynamic set of individuals that are going to bring in change. You can be amazing at calculus and love the color pink and sparkles. You can be a coding whiz and be obsessed with sports and soccer and softball. It really doesn't matter. Don't be afraid to be yourself and pursue your personal interests and strengths and celebrating that uniqueness is going to take you far in any field you choose to be in, but especially in STEM. We need more unique people and, and we want someone just like you. Yeah, you know, that is so true. We had, I think it was the second or third episode, but we had a guest on and her mother has been a chemist. She's the dean of chemistry at a college that's up north. But at the same time, she still almost every day gets her hair done. Um, <laughs> she calls and FaceTimes and makes sure that her lipstick is on. But it's the same thing. And, and I, I love that message because as women, as girls, it's you can be anything that you want. And we're not stereotyped and limited. There's so much potential in each avenue and each side and aspect of our life that we need to tap into. Absolutely. Do what makes you feel comfortable and feel like the most powerful and present version of yourself. And that is what's going to take you far. Yep. So true. So true. What's next for you? Where are you seeing yourself in the future in that five years? <laughs> um, I think I'm still young enough that this is an appropriate answer, but I don't know. I honestly don't have a fully formed idea yet of where I want to go and what I want to do exactly within GIS or the STEM industry. I think 
the kind of the general answer is that I always want to be growing and going outside the box and taking on the next challenge. I do have big aspirations down the line for owning a firm one day. But in the more immediate future, I think I just want to do more exploration of GIS for maybe political organizing, nonprofit work, and then really kind of tapping into leadership and mentoring within the STEM fields, uh, especially as we kind of get out of this COVID era and are back in person. I have a lot of time left to figure out exactly what I want and how much I'm capable of. So I'm really not in any rush. I just want to take on the next challenge and keep growing. And so for our listeners who may not be familiar with the term GIS, would you mind telling our listeners, even me, what that stands for and maybe what your typical day is like as far as work? Absolutely. So the easy answer is that more often than not, GIS is going to stand for Geospatial Information Systems. Um, It has some other meanings depending on what industry you're in, but more often than not, that's what it'll mean. So pretty much overall, we just want to be using geography and mapping softwares to be creating a visual analytics tool to show data just in a more interactive way, a more visual way than just spreadsheets, and then be able to solve problems around the world in a variety of different industries with these visual tools and kind of see how data is represented geographically. So there are a lot of different types of GIS. The one that I specifically work in and kind of what my day-to-day looks like is that I am using LiDAR, which is a, a type of sensor that bounces light off the ground to kind of create a uniform surface model of what the ground looks like. And we're creating some elevation models and kind of supplemental deliverables to send to USGS and NOAA for floodplain mapping, drainage basins, hydrography data sets, different things pertaining to water, especially. And that's what I spend most of my time doing. But some other things that GIS is commonly used for is asset management for honestly federal governments, state governments, local governments, just to keep data organized infrastructure planning, stuff like that. We also have done some work with FEMA to do damage assessments using imagery and day of mapping to look at post-disaster areas. All of the hurricanes that have happened over the past couple of years, the the fires in California, different types of disasters to kind of do some real-time mapping of damage that's been done and get some help on the ground. So those are a couple quick examples of what GIS is used for and kind of what I do every day. So interesting. (laughs) What I'm thinking of is that ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. And I saw on LinkedIn, there were so many satellite images of it. That's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anything that you see on Google Maps or satellite images, anything like that, there was GIS to get that picture to you. So I guarantee you, even if you think you have never used GIS, If you program directions into your phone to get to Starbucks this morning, you've used (laughs) GIS. (laughs) Well, that's great. Now, is there a favorite quote of yours that you still apply to this day? Yes. So actually, it's a quote that was on my seventh grade American history teacher's wall. And I still remember seeing it for the first time and just being so floored by just a simple thought. And it's go out into the world and do well, but more importantly, go out into the world and do good. I absolutely love that quote. And I think especially around here, I think you were mentioning this before, there is this really high standard of success 
and that's kind of what everyone is measured by and focusing on. But what really is the point of all of our hard work if we aren't leaving the world in a better place than we found it? Everybody should really constantly rethink and evaluate the reasoning for the field you're in and why you chose that field and profession. Keep striving for success, obviously, for yourself and your loved ones, but also strive to be making a positive impact wherever you go with the field that you have chosen. That's a great quote. And I've heard it before also, but I like the way that you also explained it and expanded on it. I could keep talking to you. This is so great. I love your energy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so, you as um, well. It's so fun just to <laughs> chat. Yes. Um, so let's see. Let's go with the fire questions. Sure. Coffee or tea? It depends on the day, but I think considering I have a Dunkin' iced coffee next to me, I have to say <laughs> coffee. <laughs> if you could invent one thing, what would it be? Some kind of teleportation device. I love traveling. So just being able to, I'm just going to go to Italy for lunch today. Like that would be the best, the best thing. (laughs) You know, we've heard teleporting before, but lunch in Italy sounds so fantastic. And then after that, you can go to Paris. That sounds so fantastic. Right. I hope that gets invented. Fingers crossed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you could invite one historical figure over for dinner, who would it be? I would probably have to say Hedy Lamarr. She was uh, one of the old black and white film actresses, but she also, little known fact, invented the technology that is now the basis for today's Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So she was super smart, but also seems like she would just be so much fun. So I think she's she's a great balance of beauty and brains. Would be a good time. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, unfortunately, she was more known for her beauty. I don't think the people in her day really knew what she did. No, I think she, you know, maybe that was purposeful because I think it was some undercover spy work that she was doing. So maybe they wanted her to have a cover, but she deserves to be much more celebrated than she was and and still is. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Becky, per this conversation, your passion is exuding (laughs) over the phone. (laughs) And I, I can see why you won the Rising Star Award. That's very well deserved indeed. Thank you so much for talking with us today and inspiring those who are early in their career. Of course. Thank you. And I am available on LinkedIn and I always am more than happy to have some conversations with women who are trying to get into the STEM field or just evaluating and and need a shoulder or some networking. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And I look forward to many more conversations with women in technology in the future. Yes. And you may find Becky on LinkedIn at Becky Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R. Until then, keep inspiring girls and women to rise from the classroom to the boardroom.